So today's Gospel reading is from John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. We, there's so much to think about today, and it's a busy day. But that first day of the week, it was incredibly disruptive. It was really disturbing. And uh, the way to think about this, I think, you may know this if you're Christian. I hope you do. But if you're not, it's worth thinking about how the Bible brings us to this point, this turning point of history, this extraordinary, unique event, which was a tomb empty. Well, it's not so surprising, but empty of a body that was dead, that was then seen alive again. Not very helpful to have Lazarus in there, one of Jesus' friends who died. And he too came out of the tomb. And it's often misunderstood that that was the same as Jesus coming out of the tomb. It wasn't. Lazarus died again. He's just a human being. Jesus rose from the dead to live forever. Unique, godly. And that's the big Christian offer and the big challenge to faith and belief in the Christian tradition. I know that your reading that you heard out from the Bible was all about the Holy Spirit. It's about 40 days too early in terms of the Bible because that's Pentecost. But the thing is that today we have been in the spirit, to have have a moment of holding today, this first day of the week, which was so disruptive to the human race and to the first visitors to that empty tomb. And it can only, I think, be really useful if we hold the three days together. Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Day. Usually we skip Holy Saturday. And I've only got another 12 and a half minutes to be glad to know, so I can't tell you all about it. But what happened on the first day of the week was that the disruption was experienced differently by different people. And people reacted differently. So this is very good news for the offer of Jesus. For that group of people who stood up here just now, some have been baptized, some have been baptized for. I mean, only, I think, Jesus the Lord of history, could actually have brought that unique group of people here together to stand together. I don't think it could be done from their ethnicity, from their education, from their parents, from anything except that extraordinary call of Jesus on their lives. Same true looking out at a congregation, if you've accepted Jesus. So this disruption on Easter Day, as you'll read, I mean, I, I'm actually, I was actually... Um, reading very much from later on in John's Gospel today. I mean, I, can, I haven't really got time to do a proper expository talk. You have to have me back for that. What happened first was that someone came and looked at the tomb and it was empty. And different reactions. The disciples, the blokes, went home, John's Gospel tells us. Okay? That looks a bit retro. Looks like going backwards doesn't look as if we're all excited about remembering that Jesus said he would rise from the dead. 
The women Mary, two of the Marys, stayed on. And they didn't go retro. They had relationship. The angel spoke to them. And then in the Bible account, you'll find that they had a conversation with someone they thought was the gardener. Actually, it was Jesus. They reckoned it was Jesus. Two different reactions. One, oh, have a look. No one's there. Very practical. I'll go home. Huh? You might recognize this in yourself. I don't know. I wouldn't, wouldn't put it on you. The women stayed on. I always say the sort of stronger half of the human race, but that gets me into trouble. It's a compliment, by the way. It's a compliment. Is, is stayed on in relation, more, more inquisitive perhaps, but also more courageous at that point. And then the third thing that happens, when they're back home, and the women have gone and said, look, we've seen the Lord, the third thing and the most important thing for today that happens is the reality. You've got regression, you've got relationship, and you've got the reality. And the reality is that Jesus alive turns up where they were. He didn't hang around in the garden, didn't go and shout at Pilate for being such a bad judge, didn't go back to the Sanhedrin of the Jewish leaders and say, look, ha ha, you know, God's in charge after all, got it wrong. No, he went and appeared with the people who he'd been teaching and loving and encouraging and uh, people who got it wrong so much of the time, but people who were getting the idea that this turning point in history was their turning point and that they're going to get involved in something so extraordinary and disruptive and challenging that it's, it's, it's changed the whole world. And that's what we're in today. That's what's happened. But you can't actually, in today's issues, I think, having accepted, if you will, that Jesus on Good Friday died so that sins can be forgiven. That, by the way, is the biggest supernatural thing. We love signs and wonders. I do. I love signs. I love speaking in tongues. I love people falling over when you prayed. I love the people being healed. Don't mind if people come back for the dead like Lazarus. What I really want to see every day is people accepting the supernatural miracle of being freed from your sins. May sound old-fashioned. It's very unpopular today. No one, you know, used to be popular in Dad's army because I used to be able to say as a Scot, you're doomed. <laughs> uh, you're doomed. Well, you know, that is a very theological point. And the doom we put on ourselves, I'm not talking about eternal life, is to go on living with this stuff. When Jesus died, to clean us up. That's why we go in the pool, baptism, come out again. So let's keep that really focused. And if we accept that, Jesus died for us. We can be safe with him forever. And then there's resurrection. We get all excited and, you know, new starts and new life and all that. And many of us experience that already because of perhaps becoming a Christian, but also tough things have happened. And we find somehow through the love of people, the love of God and the Holy Spirit, that we, we're picked up again and on we go. But in between, there is this Holy Saturday. And what happens on Holy Saturday? Anyone tell me what happened? What happened? What happened? Okay, Jesus died in the tomb. Yes, you like to say? Well, the creed, our creeds will say, he descended to the dead, he goes down to hell. Um, there's not a lot of... Peter picks this up in two verses in 1 Peter, uh, that, that it might be what he... Because they were puzzled. What was going on on Holy Saturday? And there's a very, very important thinker about this called Alan Lewis who was so devastated by the effects of the Second World War. He was a Christian and a thinker about God. 
wrote some very clever stuff. But he was so devastated by the fact that the God he believed in had allowed this devastation of the Second World War. By the way, there's no one. Well, there might be one or two people here who can tell you about that personally. Not many left now, 1939 to 45. It was the most appalling thing. And he had to grapple with the fact that it looked like God had abandoned things. You know, you have six million Jews killed, you have all the... And, and that was very difficult for him. And he thought very hard about what happened on Holy Saturday. Where was God? How could the living Lord Jesus... He was busy. I mean, we say he was busy. But he wasn't available in the obvious sense. He might have been busy in hell. The world, You, as a Christian, may already have held together the cross and resurrection. But the world really has very little idea about what to do about the miserable list of things that the news and all the things we pray about has before us. Pandemic, war, climate change, health, immigration. How do we Christians, how do we Christians start to engage honestly and really with those dilemmas out in the world because they're big barriers big barriers to starting to talk about the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to change and I think that not that that we we don't know what's happening on Holy Saturday but it's a pause it's the recovery of Sabbath so all those people we saw in the in the cartoon had had Good Friday and their life had been wiped out Jesus is dead Then they had Sabbath. They had to wait for a day. How good are we at waiting when we don't know what's going to happen, when things are not not going well? And I think our loving support of each other in church, and I think this Sabbath is given to us so that we can wait faithfully on God when we don't know what to do, we don't know what's happened, and we allow our trust in him and our faith in God's purposes to be renewed and grow. And that's a difficult thing to take on board. But the Sabbath has been abandoned. The day of waiting, we've abandoned that. I wonder if it's a gift for us today. So, this series that I think is beginning here, the wonderful Ben told me that we're having a a series on transformation. Transformation. So I had that that reading uh, earlier on, which I'll remind you of. The reading of transformation, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And what I want to do, why I talk so much about the three days of Easter, it says here that Jesus is, if you're thirsty for this, he will give you drink. And rivers of living water will flow within you and the Spirit. So we've got 40 days now for thy kingdom come. We've got this knowledge that we've had today with vision today Easter Day, and then it'll be Pentecost. And I hope that'll be another big party. I hope all the candidates, you know, will be around in Christian fellowship for Pentecost. And this is what is being talked about here in John chapter 7. By this he meant the Spirit, with whom those believing him were later to receive. From that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. The next few days are about Jesus alive meeting with his disciples. You can't get away from him. 24-7. He's always there. He's always constant. And then the Spirit, the Spirit is going to be given, we're reminded of that in Pentecost.
I think that uh, we should... I'm, I'm, I'm stopping now because it's, I've had my time. I've got a clock I'm looking at. I've tried to give you a, a, a bigger picture of these three days. I've tried to encourage you, if things aren't obvious, to realize that it's God is bigger than that, bigger than your question, bigger than your, your dilemma. Wait a little. Just have the courage to wait with others. And then expect to be ready for the disruption of resurrection, the new start. People who've renewed their vows, it's a new start. People who were baptized as babies, maybe, here you are, years later, new start. People who've been baptized today, you'll remember this, new start. So let's, let's, let's pause for a moment and let's just in our prayers now, quietly, just do that business with God. Be open to God and just be thankful for your baptism. Be thankful that your sins are forgiven. Be thankful that we don't have all the answers that the world requires of us. But be thankful that the power of resurrection, the power of a new start, the outpouring of God's love, which is more powerful than any of these worldly problems, is yours and mine available today. Let's just, just be quiet and pray in our hearts for a little while and I'll lead us in some prayers. Lord Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you have brought us to this day for this time, that it's our time and your time. And whatever is in our hearts and minds today, whether we're longing to get away for a good party, uh, whether we have no idea what's been said from the front, whether we are still waiting and wanting and seeking, whatever, Lord, um, state we're in, you know. And we thank you, Lord, above all, that you have the freedom to meet here, that we have the freedom to be in your presence, that we have the freedom to be known as those who can say, Jesus is Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, these candidates today have publicly proclaimed faith in the same Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one who promised rivers of living water. And Lord, we can't do that. We need you, and we need you to affirm your life in us. And we need you to cheer us up if we're sad, to encourage us if, encourage us if we're despairing, to fill us with joy if we have lost hope. And we pray, Lord, as we open our hands now and just ask you, Lord, to Pour out more of your Holy Spirit on each one of us. As we prayed for the confirmation candidates, each one of us is known by name to you. Thank you for your abounding love. Thank you that you hold us in your hands and will guide us with your Spirit. And Lord, if today we've come with burdens that are more public, we pray for those who have responsibility in the wider world. Pray for those who have to provide energy. Pray for those who have to provide peace. Pray for those who have to provide health care. And pray, Lord, for the teachers meeting in Birmingham this weekend for their gifts. Pray, Lord, for those who are immigrants, 
homeless and without nation or hope. Lord, in your mercy, we can say, hear our prayer. We're going to say a words of the peace and then I'll say a word of blessing. This is a chance for that extraordinary thing that I was saying about earlier. Only Jesus could bring this crowd together. It's actually Jesus. And so it's that peace, shalom, which is for the world, not just for your heart, but for the world. And we're expressing that as we go out from here tonight and as we go into the week ahead. Because we're all one in Christ Jesus. We belong to him through faith. Heirs of the promise of the spirit of peace. The peace of the risen Lord be always with you. May the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, make you perfect in every way to do his will. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you and those for whom you pray now and always. Amen. Amen. So let us go in the peace and love of the Lord Jesus Christ whom we serve. In the name of Christ. Easter Day. In the name of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Who's got the loudest? Which of the groups got the loudest? Hallelujah. In the name of Christ. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go.